A long, long time ago, in a galaxy far away, Naboo was under an attack. And I thought me and Qui-Gon Jinn could talk the Federation into maybe cutting them a little slack. But their response, it didn't thrill us. They locked the doors and tried to kill us. We escaped from that gas. The Met Jar Jar and Boss Nass. We took a bongo from the scene and we went to feed to see the Queen. We all wound up on tattooing. That's where we found this boy. Welcome to episode 41 of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I have a special guest with me, back for the third time, Brandon Lee. Brandon, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Travis. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So excited to have you back. And today is the third episode in my new series, Star Wars and Pop Culture, where I'm talking about different parodies different references of star wars in pop culture we've already done saturday night live and sesame street and today we have a really great topic we started talking about doing this episode probably about a month ago and i gave you a list of like 10 different things like hey you know any of this stick out to you or is there anything you're passionate about and you said I don't like your list. It's, it's, uh, we don't need it. Um, I have something much better. <laughs> and you came back with such a great topic that I don't even know why I didn't have it listed because it's such a major part of Star Wars and pop culture. Brandon, would you like to introduce this one? Well, okay. It's Weird Al, right? It's Weird Al. And I think the, uh, the thing is, and, and what got me thinking about Weird Al is that you mentioned pop culture, right? And I think that. In terms of my youth and growing up as someone consuming, uh, consuming pop culture, consuming the the world, who had a take on everything, right? Who had a take? Who who was the person who kind of took in pop culture and and made it their own? And it's Weird Al, and uh, there there is a very clear. Star Wars connection here and pop culture weird out. It just, it, it's a natural fit really. It goes together. I'm, I'm actually really mad. I didn't think of it myself, so I can't take like any credit for this one. Uh, this was all, this is all you. And it's funny too, because I am sitting here thinking about parodies and references and everything. Like who has some of the most famous Star Wars parodies Ever. And that's Weird Al. So that is that is our topic for today's show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've we've been talking about this for a while. Um, there's some really good history with Weird Al and Star Wars and just kind of the evolution of from where he started to kind of where he's he is now. And um, yeah, just so excited to talk about Weird Al. Such a great topic. And I guess let's just start. First off, you kind of kind of talked about, you know, your childhood and pop culture. What is your history with Weird Al? Are you a, are you a big fan? Are you a casual fan? Have you been to any of his shows or anything like that? Well, I would say that growing up, Weird Al was my connection to popular music. 
And by that, I mean Weird Al Greatest Hits Volume 2 is probably like my most played CD between the years of like uh, 1995 and like 2001, right? And to be quite honest, I knew a lot of pop songs through the Weird Al version before I knew the real version. His song Smells Like Nirvana is, uh, (laughs) I famously knew that song before I had ever heard the band Nirvana or the song Smells Like Teen Spirit. So me and Weird Al go way back. We have a history, (laughs) me and Al. (laughs) Well, at least uh, me and Weird Al's CDs have a history. And uh, I, I would say that, you know, my fandom has kind of come and gone in the years since. But I will say that, you know, whenever Weird Al releases something, I will listen to it. And I will listen to it multiple times. So still a fan and was a huge fan in my formative years. Love that. I when I was growing up, I'm from a very small town in Iowa. And we didn't have VH1. We didn't have MTV. We just had your basic like 30 channels. That's all we had. And so I wasn't. God, that means exposed. you never saw it. That means you never saw the the behind the music on Weird Al. Uh, you I've have never to see seen the behind that. the music. On, you have to see Weird Al's behind the music. Yeah, actually, I think I'm I think I have seen that. I think I have seen that. So, OK, look, I didn't have it when I was younger, but <laughs> As I got older, I've seen things. I have been exposed a little bit more, but I do, I do think I know exactly what you're talking about, but I am going to have to check that out again. Um, the behind the music for Weird Al for sure. But I, you know, you still know who Weird Al is. It's kind of like Darth Vader. If you don't, if you've never seen Star Wars or never heard of Star Wars, you still know who Darth Vader is, you know? So I, I definitely knew Weird Al. I knew a couple songs and I, I want to say like eat it was, you know, a, a huge one that I just, I don't know why I remember that one. Maybe that was, you know, probably one of his bigger ones, but I wasn't huge into it, but what we're going to talk about today, I for sure remember at least one of his songs, one of his star Wars songs. So let's, let's kind of give a rundown of weird Al and star Wars first off. So weird Al grew up a big star Wars fan He said it was one of the few movies that he saw multiple times in theaters. He has two songs, and we're going to talk about both of them, that are Star Wars parodies. And then he also has, in his White and Nerdy music video, has a bootleg version of the holiday special that he is purchasing kind of in a back alley, and White and Nerdy is it's such a great video and such a great song like it's it's one of the funniest and i never knew that until we started researching it but uh the holiday special bootleg version is in that they see me bowing my front lawn i know they're all thinking i'm so white and nerdy just too white and nerdy think i'm just too white and nerdy can't you see i'm white and nerdy look at me i'm white and nerdy like i said he has the two songs and these songs are such a big part of his live performances and you have been to a live performance and you have seen this. Can you give us a breakdown of what that looks like? Well, I think, you know, what's important to know about, about weird Al and his performances is that, you know, every night he gives it his all. And also every night there are songs that the fans want to hear, right? Like there are the crowd pleasers, the showstoppers, the ones that you just have to play it. Right. Yeah. Like you're, you're trying to sell a new album. 
but you also got to play the hits. Yoda and the Saga Begins are the hits, and they are the encore closers every night, back to back. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I was listening to Weird Al the other day <laughs> in preparation for this. And, you know, I was he he has a song about Spider-Man. OK, and is it's a Billy Joel parody. Um, Sling us a web, you're the Spider-Man. It, it's not that great. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I got to say, like, I didn't love it. <laughs> OK, um, it's it's a skippable track. But I I think that it speaks to kind of the degree to which Star Wars has this kind of there's like a universal love for it, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that uh, even if you're not a huge Star Wars fan, if you are a Weird Al fan, you love those songs. And I think that, you know, look. We love the prequels, you and I, right? And we're part of we're part of internet communities that love the prequels. But I think that there is still a good part of the general public. I'm using scare quotes here, general public that um, that does not look fondly upon the prequels, right? And there's probably a good part of Weird Al's fandom that does not look fondly upon the prequels as movies, but those people. I would say still universally love the saga begins the song, the song, the saga begins. And so I think it shows the degree to which one, the public and the fandom loves star Wars. weird Al's fandom loves star Wars and also star Wars fandom loves these songs. And also like, even if you don't love star Wars, but you love weird Al, you still love these songs. So all of that goes into how these are really like, I'm just going to say it, his two best songs. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. He's had a, he's had an interesting career. He started like way back. I mean, in the, in the seventies and he started getting really big in the eighties and nineties. And a big thing with him is timing as far as, you know, what's popular at the moment. And he's talked about that in interviews. Like, the biggest thing with what he does is it has to be relevant to the exact time you're in, like right now. So when he records a track, like he wants to get it out now, you know, it kind of reminds you a little bit of like South Park, you know, how, how they used to, and I, I haven't watched South Park too much in a while, but it, it's, you know, they try to get stuff out that week from what's happening right. that week. And it's kind of right. the same way with him. And so he has two songs. He has Yoda, which came out in 1985, which has kind of an interesting story that we'll talk about why it was really so late. And then he has the saga begins, which is in 1999. And there was a lull in between those two times without star Wars where weird Al was huge, which is, which is such an interesting, like look at it at his career. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're looking at return of the Jedi comes out in 83 right? Return of the Jedi comes out in 83 and, and Phantom Menace comes out in 99. So in between there, you've got Weird Al in 3D, Platinum, Dare to be Stupid, Platinum, even worse, Platinum, Off the Deep End, Platinum, Alapalooza, 93, Gold, Bad Hair Day, Platinum, Double Platinum, right? And like, that is really, that, I mean, that's an incredible run, right? Like in the, 
you know, we, we might not think about it the same way now where nothing goes gold or platinum anymore, but that's an incredible run. And all of that happens kind of in between the Star Wars trilogies during the, some would call it the interregnum period of, yeah. of Star Wars where, um, uh, you know, kind of before the before the Thrawn books, uh, and before kind of intro uh, before the Thrawn books, before the special editions, and before this kind of resurgence in interest. But I would say that Weird Al's timing of like, particularly in the post Bad Hair Day world, this this period of Weird Al popularity, I would say, coincides with the rise of Star Wars, which makes the the re-rise of Star Wars and the hype around the Phantom Menace, which really kind of came together to make to make both Running With Scissors, the album, and The Saga Begins, the song, really, really pertinent to the moment. So that it really is kind of a way of capturing the zeitgeist for Weird Al in a way that I think was just perfect. It, it's almost like perfect in a way that you can't really plan it <laughs> it was the perfect storm pretty much and exactly it's funny that's, we've talked that's about the phrase i was looking for the yeah. perfect storm yes <laughs> it's the perfect storm exactly yeah and it's, it's funny we and i think we've even talked about this before but the phantom menace i've talked about it with i think it's just a thing i like to talk about but with a lot of my guests is the marketing and the hype and everything that went into the phantom menace star wars new star wars brand new star wars being back and We've talked about even Duel of the Fates, like being a top 10 music video before it came out on MTV. And, (laughs) you know, we have all this stuff that is just such a huge deal. And then something that I've never even talked about, never even thought about, but that same exact time period is the saga begins. And just that that time in Star Wars history is just so fun to revisit. And this was such a huge part of it because it came out i think it actually came out like a month after the phantom menace came out and it's just i don't know that time period is just is so fun to talk about so you're ready to check a third look at the uh, the star wars video are you ready oh yeah are you guys ready yeah very well let's take another look the london symphony orchestra conducted by john williams this is duel of the fates okay so the first song we're going to talk about is Yoda, like we just referenced, and this is from his third album, Dare to Be Stupid, in 1985. I met him in a swamp down in Dagobah, where it bubbles all the time like a giant carbonated soda. S O D A soda. I saw the little runt sitting there on a log. I asked him his name, and in a raspy voice, he said, Yoda. Y O D A Yoda. And this is a parody of the song Lola by the Kinks, which I didn't know much about that song. I've heard it before. Never listened to the lyrics. Kind of looked it up. Very interesting story. I, I definitely like urge you to look into that, like Google, you know, the history behind that song. Very interesting song. But this was initially written and recorded by Weird Al at first in 1980. And then it took him five years to get approval because a lot of these songs, he has to get approval from whoever he's parroting plus whoever song he's taking. And it took five years for this. That's right. And I think that's the thing about Weird Al and 
you know, there, there was a bit of controversy in, in the mid 1990s when he recorded the song Amish paradise and kind of a miscommunication between him and Coolio. And, uh, they, they've since gotten on the same page and, and they've since kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're cool about it. Um, I, I just, I just have to say this, that's the first Coolio reference on, on force time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just really excited about it. So I, I was a huge Coolio fan when I was younger and, and I've done it. Like I've, I've brought it full circle. So thank you. That's, that's incredible. I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to do that even in very quick passing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's actually something you know, this, this whole process of getting permission from both the songwriters and from, you know, any entity that is creating the, the content that Weird Al wants to bring into a song. It, it actually started with Yoda, right? Cause he's, he's trying to record, to record these parodies and he gets permission from George Lucas, right? Permission from George Lucas to, to do a song about star Wars, right. Specifically the, the song Yoda parody of the song Lola. And, you know, he goes to the, uh, publishers of the song, uh, who turn him down. They say, no, you can't record this. You can't record this song. Um, we don't give you permission. And he's like, okay, that it just is what it is. And then he runs into Ray Davies from the kinks a, a few years later. And, uh, and he brings it up, and it turns out that Ray Davies was never asked by the publishing company if if he could record if Weird Al could record a parody of his song. So where so Ray Davies gave him the blessing to to record it, and you know that's what accounts for like this five year gap between when the Yoda demo shows up on the Doctor Demento show and when the the studio version of Yoda shows up on the album in 1985. Uh, but that actually is what starts Weird Al uh, in kind of changing his process around this, where he ends up going to the artists directly for their blessing when he can, rather than kind of, rather than going through the, the publishing house, which is kind of like how the music industry works. But at that point, Weird Al is probably at a point where he can go directly to uh t- directly to artists at this point he has a gold record you know yeah, he, he's starting to run into them at parties and stuff so yeah he's just exactly. gonna ask him in conversation yeah <laughs> exactly that it, it's so it's so interesting because like we talked about like putting these songs out as they're relevant and we're sitting here in 1985 when it actually gets put on an album is five years after because this song is from empire strikes back it's from luke's point of view in the empire strikes back and we're two years after return of the jedi when it's put on his album but it was he had to have known it was going to be such a popular thing that he had to put it like it you know he had it in his back pocket he wanted to get it out there and this obviously with it being one of his closers at all of his shows and just being such a such a you know integral part of what he does it, i'm just very glad that he ran into ray davies at the, at this party or wherever they were and he he worked it out and got it on that album so he could start doing it because this is it's i don't know it's such a great song it's like he plays it at his shows too and i have to ask you this before we talk about the lyrics when you saw him do this live did he do the yoda chant I think this is the thing he does at all his shows. They call it the Yoda chant and I'm not even going to be able to describe it. I'm going to have to play a clip of it or if you can describe it, go for it. But he stops 
the song in the middle of the song and does this weird wild chant. Yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, regardless of whether I actually remember that happening, which maybe I do, maybe I don't. I think the thing is, like... It shows how his live performance really exists independent from the music. Like, the like obviously, people are brought in by the music. You go see a Weird Al show because you love Weird Al's music, right? But, there, but the show is like a separate entity, almost. And, you know, like, the Yoda breakdown is kind of like, is kind of, is part of that, right? And I think it's, it's one of the kind of oddball oddball might be the right way to put it kind of parts of the show that kind of might change from from show to show that that everybody you know if someone goes to the 13 minute breakdown then then they're like you know what how is it the 13 minute breakdown there's this part of this one wilco song i've seen wilco like 25 times right but there's this part of this one wilco song where uh jeff tweedy will stop and he'll he'll you count how many times he says nothing right in a row, right? And then someone will say like, oh, I was at the show where I said like 30 nothings in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like that where like, you know, if you go to the Weird Al message boards, people will be like, hey, I was at the show where he did the 13 minute breakdown or he did the 13 minute Yoda chant. And anyway, yeah, yeah. that's. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's totally. You wear it like a badge of honor if you seen, yeah. if you go to that show, right? Exactly. You you definitely definitely check that out. I'll post that in the show notes because there's some there's some really good ones. It, like it evolves over time. Like I'm sure it just started with a random, you know, at one of their shows, they probably just randomly did it or, you know, maybe something, maybe something went wrong, uh, technically and he had to just start like doing something. I don't know how it started, but he just, it's, it's bizarre. It has nothing to do with Yoda. It has nothing to do with star Wars. It's just there in the middle of the show. And I think it's just one of those things that like makes weird Al weird Al because he just does bizarre there things like that. That's right. So let's go ahead. Let's take a look at the lyrics a little bit, because like I said, this one is from Luke's point of view in the Empire Strikes Back. So it's from Luke's point of view, talking about Yoda. And of course, it's, it starts off. I met him at a swamp and down in Dagobah, where it bubbles all the time like a giant carbonated soda S-O-D-A soda. So, so so that's how it starts. And that's that's a very poor um, singing job on my part, but that's the whole song. Yeah. It was great. Thank you. But it, it's pretty much just a breakdown of his scene on Dagobah, his scenes on Dagobah training with Yoda. And I just it, there's you know, a lot of a lot of the things about Weird Al and his lyrics, sometimes they're just so simple but just so like tight and so well done that it just makes you laugh. Yeah, that's right. I, I think he looks like a Muppet, but he's wrinkled in green, right? Like that's, that's what he is, right? Yeah. Like, although I'm looking at the, I'm, I have the, uh, the genius lyrics pulled up for, uh, for Yoda 
And um, the genius annotation on that line is Yoda is not technically a Muppet, <laughs> um, but uh, but he was still voiced by. I mean, of course, he was voiced by Frank Oz. He was made by. I was going to say you could, uh, or you not could argue that, Jensen, but he was. But he was made by Frank Oz, and um, yeah, I, I would say he is. I would, I would say Yoda's a Muppet. Is Yoda I, a Muppet? Is Yoda I, I, a Muppet? That's a great question, and I, I refer everyone to. Uh, the episode I did with Brandon Ornerdy from Talking Bay 94 about uh, Star Wars and Sesame Street, because there's some great connections there. But yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a Muppet in, in my mind. He's definitely that bridge um, from Star Wars to the Muppets and puppetry and everything like that. So, yeah, I think he's a he's a guy who looks like a Muppet, but he's wrinkled in green. Oh, my Yoda. Yeah, 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 goes on to you know basically talk about a little bit about obi-wan setting him on his course and how he tells him to go see yoda my favorite part of this song though like i said it's it's all very simple but at the very end it says i know darth vader's really got you annoyed but remember if you kill him then you'll be unemployed which on the surface seems just like funny you know like you won't be a jedi but then it says, but I know that I'll be coming back someday. I'll be playing this part till I'm old and gray. The long-term contract I had to sign says I'll be making these movies till the end of the time. And this was written in 1980. <laughs> he knew. Weird out. <laughs> you know, little did Luke know uh, at that point. What would that be? Uh, 37 years later that. Uh, yeah. He would be sitting on another log with Yoda. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, watching the burning sacred Jedi texts or thinking the sacred Jedi texts are burning. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't burn, but he thought they were burning. <laughs> Page turners, they were not, but it's okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's my, but that's my, I think that's my favorite part of it too. Like, I think, you know, it's, it's weird because at the time, you're right. Like, I don't think we knew about, like, we didn't know about the future of Star Wars in 1985. And so it's a little bit of Weird Al playing like, you know, this is show business. But also, but also it's like, you know, a little prescient yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to mention that and to see it and to see it kind of happen. I mean, Luke was in the prequels for like, 30 seconds right yeah very baby Luke. Uh, baby Luke. but that but i guess that doesn't count uh as playing this part till i'm old and gray <laughs> yeah One final note on Yoda. So I guess, I guess the thing is, and, and I guess it speaks to the interregnum part, uh, the interregnum time of Star Wars, because um, there's a quote here from, from a Weird Al fan club Q&A where uh, someone asks why there was never a music video made for the song Yoda. And 
so there was a Q&A with the Weird Al fan club where uh, someone asked why there wasn't ever a music video made for the song. And Weird Al says, at the time, everybody thought Yoda was just a cool album track and not a potential single. After all, Empire Strikes Back was already five years old. You'd mentioned that uh, when the album came out and Lola was 15 years old. So the song was e- the, the source song was even older than the than the Empire Strikes Back. And so it it really speaks to kind of the kind of like the way that Star Wars continued to have this presence within pop culture in in like those 10 years between in those that 10 year interregnum period, right, where it never completely went away, right? Where Yoda is still pop Yoda is still popular enough a song where it um it's worthy of being included on a greatest hits album. And then I think once you get into um, special edition era, once you get into prequel era, which will, which we will get into momentarily, it's, it's almost like it gives this old song that gives this, uh, it gives this 14 year old song, like another on ramp to popularity where it could have, it could have been a, a middle of the greatest hits album song. Right. But it turns into a set closer because it has a song to go with. Yeah, no, for sure. And and we're left with, you know, if you go on YouTube and you search Weird Al Yoda, like you said, no video because it wasn't a single at that time. But we're left with a fan video edit of the training sequence. And it looks like Yoda is singing part of it and Luke's singing part of it. And it's actually really funny and like pretty well done. And my daughter got a cook out of it today when we were watching it, but yeah, it would have been great. What if that did come out in 1980? What if it did like really take off, but you're right. The saga begins really elevated that to be even bigger. Cause I think without the saga begins, I don't know that we'd even be talking about weird Al and star wars because really yoda was big but it wasn't like the biggest thing of 1985 whereas night in 1999 like the saga begins was a huge deal oh my my this here anakin guy maybe vader someday later now he's just a small fry and he left his home and kissed his mommy goodbye saying soon i'm gonna be a jedi Soon I'm going to be a Jedi. So this is pretty much the main event of Weird Al and Star Wars. This is as big as it gets. The saga begins is from the album Running With Scissors in 1999. And of course, it's the parody of the song American Pie by Don McLean. And this has such an interesting story because Weird Al wrote this before The Phantom Menace came out. And do you want to talk about this backstory a little bit? So, like, he writes this song based on internet leaks, right? And I think that, you know, I'm I'm thinking about, like, if one, if one were to try to write a parody song based on the Rise of Skywalker rumors... Probably could have <laughs> okay. done it. <laughs> you could have done it if you picked the right post yeah. from the Star Wars leaks Reddit, right? Yeah. Um, but Weird Al picked the right posts from from the deep star Wars web in, in the late nineties. And he mentioned in an interview with star Wars.com that he basically wrote the whole song, right? He basically wrote the whole song before the movie saw the light of day. 
and then he pays like a thousand dollars to go to a charity screening of of the phantom menace before the movie comes out and from there it's like he said he only tweaked a word here and there right i would love i i don't know about anybody else but i would love to see the (laughs) i would love to see the leaks only version of the saga begins compared to the final version of the saga begins that's just me i don't know if anybody else wants wants to see that but you know if if it shows up on on ebay or something i'm sure brandon winardi will will see it yeah and buy those lyrics um and so uh brandon when that time comes please please hit me up please dm me because i i would love to see them um Although, as, as an aside, Weird, Weird Al keeps a, a notebook with all of his song versions. This this was in uh, a New York Times article that he was interviewed for last year. So you can look through, you can flip through a notebook and see the evolution of a song and see the words that change over time. So undoubtedly, there is something there for The Saga Begins. One day, I hope to see it. Um, yeah. And, uh, and after the charity screening is, that's what we got. We, we got the saga begins lyrics as we know them now. We kind of have to take him at his word right now that he for sure wrote it based on spoilers. And I have no reason to doubt him. Um, but it's the man funny. has never lied to me personally. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Exactly. But yeah, it is. I mean, it's very impressive in the interviews that he's done where he does. Yeah. Just a word here or there that he changed because this three, four minute song, however long it is tells the entire story of the Phantom Menace. I mean, it doesn't miss very much at all. And it's so concise, which is really hard to do, especially like the Phantom Menace is kind of can be complicated, you know, with like a couple of the different factions and like the politics and stuff like that. But he, he nails it. And based on the spoilers, man, like you're right. He had, he had the right, right source. I think he said he used the force.net cause he did a really good interview with them and that he got most of the spoilers from there. Let, let me tell you, uh, it is accurate enough to the point where I have been able to reference it in star Wars bar trivia and get, I, I would credit at least three trivia answers that I have gotten to Weird Al's The Saga Begins and and my memorization of the lyrics. <laughs> That's perfect. It's it's one of those songs where and I actually I, I posted something the other day and um got a comment and then a couple like DMs of I a lot of people were like, I only know the Saga Begins version. Like I don't know American Pie. Like I don't, you know, I don't know that song, but I do know every single word to the Saga Begins. Cause it's one of those where a lot of people just, especially Star Wars fans, like take pride in knowing every single word to this song. And like I said, it it nails the entire story. So concise, so funny, and it's just so good. Did you know this junkyard slave isn't even old enough to shave? So before we talk about the lyrics, let's talk a little bit about the music video, because this one did come with a music video. This one was a single. This one was a big deal right from the jump. And this song is from Obi-Wan Kenobi's 
point of view. So the Yoda song is from Luke's point of view. This is from Obi-Wan's point of view. So it's Obi-Wan singing and the music video is so good. It, it took them two days to shoot and it was one day basically at a bar scene and then the other day was at a desert. And so it opens up, Obi-Wan is singing in the desert and we have Darth Sidious who is playing the piano in this one. And Again, we don't know much about Darth Sidious at this time. We just know he's a scary dude in a robe. So he's got this going. He's playing the piano. And it just, the first, I don't know, probably 30 seconds to a minute are just in the desert starting off the song. Yeah. And actually, you know, this, when I went back and and watched the video, I I listened to the song like a dozen times uh, right in a row. very recently after we decided to do this and then i went back and watched the video after listening to the song i was like wait a minute you know what the song itself makes no mention of darth sidious or of or of senator palpatine sorry spoilers they are the same person right (laughs) and and the song makes no mention of either of them the the you know it makes mention of darth maul as as kind of the the villain of the of the story but it doesn't really make well some some might say that this this is an issue with the phantom menace as a whole where you can't tell who the bad guy is um if you don't if if you don't know if you know you know but if you don't know then you don't know but i think that the video like kind of showing sidious there is like like it's a visual cue that makes up for the fact that it's not in the that it's not in the lyrics, right? So you you have to take it holistically, song and video together, uh, and not just take the not just take the songs, yeah, uh, word for it. And and it's funny too because it's his actual pianist that is doing this, and he did make a comment once, like, "Oh, why you know why was his hood over his entire face or whatever?" And he said, "Well, we didn't want to scare any kids that were watching it, and that was a you know obviously like a shout out to Darth Sidious a little bit, but more of a dig on his actual pianist who plays in his band. So that was, that was just a good good little joke that he had. And then we go from the desert, we go to a cantina, and it's basically looks exact you know it looks a lot like the cantina from A New Hope, and it's Weird Al sitting there." singing they're all his whole bands in jedi robes and there's just aliens there's like a queen amidala lookalike uh type person and just it's it's your typical star wars cantina with great production value uh as well because that's that's something that i talked about uh with tori fox when she was on the show about um saturday night live about some of their scenes where they do where this the sets are like really intricate and really good and this cantina like it looks like a star wars cantina for sure it absolutely looks like a star wars cantina the the space looks like a star wars cantina and the 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 costumes are they look like they could be in star wars which is i mean which is of course the point but you know it's very much you know if if weird al if this video was like in the background of a if they were doing jizz rock in the background of of a star wars universe cantina you wouldn't bat an eye like it would just fit in with it would just fit in with the universe. You might ask, oh, why are they all dressed like Obi-Wan? But maybe yeah. that's just how maybe that's just how people on Tatooine dress. And yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think and my favorite part of this entire video 
it makes me laugh every time at the very end when he's like, Obi-Wan's like, okay, I'll train the boy, whatever. He pulls out his wallet. So Obi-Wan has a wallet. He pulls it out and it has a picture of actual Jake Lloyd as Anakin (laughs) in his wallet that he pulls out. And it's the funniest thing to me. A, because Obi-Wan has a wallet. B, because he has a picture of actual Jake Lloyd, Anakin Skywalker in his pocket. Just kills me every time. I wonder if this will be referenced in the Obi-Wan series. Um, (laughs) If he has a wallet, I'll be so happy. The contents of Obi-Wan's wallet. One, does Obi-Wan have a wallet? Two, the contents of Obi-Wan's wallet. That's how we get the flashback is because every time, every time he's at the cantina to buy a drink, he pulls out his wallet and he sees a picture of little Anakin Skywalker. And then he's looking at the picture. We get a flashback to him and little Anakin, him and big Anakin. And yeah, that's it. I think we just, wow. Spoilers for the Kenobi series. Oh my God, Travis, you Um, put it together. We just figured it out. (laughs) You have speculated. You have spoken it and therefore it's truth. It is now truth. That is that is now what I want from the Kenobi series. <laughs> uh, that's all I want. I, I just want to see his wallet. That's the only that's the only thing. I don't even care if Hayden Christensen's in it anymore. I just want the wallet. Just with Jake wallet. Lloyd. Just with, with Jake Lloyd. Anakin. Yes. Yes. 100%. We want Jake we want the photo of Jake Lloyd. Hayden, take him or leave him. I want yep. the photo of Jake Lloyd. Yep. In I the don't Kenobi need... series. <laughs> I don't need Satine. I don't, you know, I don't need that. I, I really, I, I don't even need much of Obi-Wan. I just need that picture of Jake Lloyd. Just really good. I guess I'll train this boy. That's, that is the part in the music video that kills me every time. And then another thing that I love is his Padawan braid. I swear it gets longer throughout because at the very end of the of the video, it's like down to his belly almost. Like it is so long. It's it's the best Padawan braid that that you've ever seen for sure. You know, I never noticed that, but it is totally the type of thing that would be in a Weird Al, like a Weird Al visual gag that yeah. that would that would happen one hundred percent. I've watched this video a bunch, but I and it was the last time that I watched it. I was like man, his braid is really long. I'm like, did it get longer from the beginning of the, of the thing? But, uh, it, it for sure, at least at the end is very long. And then it ends the way it ends with like a thousand Obi-Wans. So it's weird Al singing in the desert. And then it like cuts back and it's clones of him, which is very leading into attack of the clones. And it's another, did he know that that was going to be the title of the next movie? What was that all about? Because it was one of those weird things where it's like it didn't make it. T- Maybe it's from the actual American Pie video with Don McLean. I don't I don't I guess I didn't do enough research there, but I just thought it was great that we get cloned Obi-Wan at the very end. And uh, also to reference a song from Weird Al's 1988 album, Even Worse, uh, the song I Think I'm a Clone Now. Yes. Um I'm just putting it out there because I think if you read this song, I think I'm a clone now from the point of view of Captain Rex from the, from the view of Captain Cody, from the view, from the view of a clone, right? From the view of, of Ray's father, right? Yeah. They, <laughs> it will make sense. Uh, yeah. And so I think, I just think Weird Al was onto something here. It, it was really a long game. It was a it was a Sidious esque long game that he's that he's playing here. 
Um, Did George Lucas get the idea for Attack of the Clones from I Think I'm a Clone Now? <laughs> Just blew your mind again. That was my <laughs> mind blowing. I'm just, you know, like the, the the Weird Al and George Lucas Star Wars connection. Just it keeps snowballing, you know. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Right now, it's just a little thing, but before you know it, it's the biggest snowball on Hoth. Sorry, I was trying to do like a biggest ball of twine in Minnesota thing. Yeah, that was good. And no, I, that was good. I couldn't, I couldn't quite do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was good. Okay, so looking at the lyrics of this song, we talked about it, where he wrote this before The Phantom Menace came out. He refined it after he saw it as at a charity event, and then he released it very soon after The Phantom Menace came out. And the lyrics, he covers so much of this movie. I mean, down to... The, the thing that really gets me right from the jump is that he knows, he says, but their response, it didn't thrill us. They locked the doors and tried to kill us. We escaped from that gas, then met Jar Jar and Boss Nass. It's like, that's the entire opening scene right there. And he just nailed it and he did it in two lines. So, some might some might ask whether Lucas needed to expound on that scene any more than Weird Al did. But I think they work well. I think they work well together, right? And I think that <laughs> the going down the lyrics one of the one of the uh the trivia answers that i was able to get right is because it references do you see him hitting on the queen though he's just nine and she's 14 and the the five-year age difference is yeah. is uh very specific uh and is called out numerically in this song and uh, I think that is also another one of those like very specific things that also like Lucas, I could see him just like scratching it out on the script and putting four, you know, like yeah. instead instead of five. It is very specific. And it is one of those things that was like a big deal, too. So I could see if, you know, the spoilers come out and it's like, oh, that's weird. Like he's nine and she's 14 or even if yeah, if there's a five year age difference and they're both kids or whatever. Yeah, it is kind of weird, and especially like in the actual movie, it is kind of weird. Like it's just this kid, he has a crush, but then he like just straight up says he's probably going to marry her someday. And this is in 1999, and obviously the groundwork is laid there with those two, but still at that time, anything could happen between those two. And like, yeah, he says she's an angel and all that, you know, asks if she's an angel and everything, but he he knows right there that they are going to get married and what happens at the end of the second movie they get married just saying the attack of the clones connection is getting even stronger and then he he references so many different things in this movie he gets most of the main characters like i said Anakin, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Yoda, Jar Jar, Maul. Well, he mentioned oh. the Jabba cameo. 
And the Jabba ca- cameo. Yes, <laughs> he gets that too, which is funny because Jabba's in the movie for 30 seconds, if that. <laughs> but he does get that Jabba reference. And yeah, he says he was a prepubescent flying ace. And the minute Jabba started off that race, well, I knew who would win first place. Oh, yes, it was our boy. And it's like, there it is. That's the pod race. There's but, the 30 minute did- pod race in, in four. <laughs> And I love the pod race. Don't get me wrong. The pod race, I'll, I'll defend it forever. It should have been longer. It should have been like an hour long. But he, give me the hour he, long pod race cut. Give me that's that. All that's the all Lucas I want. The Lucas cut. The Lucas cut of the ninety minute pod, the the true length pod race. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, but yes, he he calls out Jabba. He calls out uh, C three PO. Another one that he, that Anakin built C three PO. I mean, he gets all the main players like you said Sidious slash Palpatine is the only one he really doesn't call out that had a major role and then he even brings up midichlorians that's right I mean and it gets into my the, this is this is my favorite exchange where Yoda sensed in him much fear. And then Qui-Gon said, now listen here, stick it in your pointy ear. I still will teach this boy, which really does strike me as uh, a very Qui-Gon line. Uh, And, you know, a lot of that is kind of built on Qui-Gon's story as it's been built out, you know, in in the years past. But uh, I feel like that's a very, accurate sort of sort of snapshot of his of his personality as it relates to as it relates to the Jedi Council as it relates to Anakin and as it relates to how those came in conflict that is definitely something that Qui-Gon would have said under his breath too I could I could definitely see it the end this is another thing that like weird al predicts and it's not one where like he was probably trying to predict it but at the end of the song it says and and the jedi i admire most qui-gon met up with darth maul and now he's toast well i'm still here and he's a ghost i guess i'll train this boy this isn't again 1999 we don't know that qui-gon is going to be a force ghost we don't know anything about force ghosts other than what we've seen in the original trilogy with Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Anakin, but we do know that there's thousands of Jedi and that all those other Jedi didn't become a ghost, but we don't know until Revenge of the Sith that that's who Obi-Wan is going to train with and learn how to become a Force ghost is Qui-Gon. And again, Weird Al got it right. Weird Al got it right. And you know, I'm I I'm going back to the source material here, the um, the lyrics to American Pie, and you know, there's a lot of so the the lyrics to American Pie uh, at kind of the same part of the song. The three men I admire most: the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They took the last train to the coast the day the music died. And you know, there's a lot there is a lot of like Trinity imagery in in Star Wars, and uh, you know where where Qui-Gon kind of re-enters the, the Clone Wars story 
around father, son, and daughter, which is another f- a trinity in the force, right? And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, it's Weird Al making these connections even beyond the even beyond the movies that uh, we we didn't quite see, but he had clarity of vision, just like Qui Gon. Yeah, yeah, he did. You know, uh, Sky Talkers always says, "Look to the animation department for the future of Star Wars." Uh, that's but right. maybe that. everybody should be looking to Weird Al for the future <laughs> of Star Wars because he's on it. He's calling it. We need to. I need to start deciphering some of his recent interviews and talk show appearances and things like that to see like what I can figure out about what's going to happen in the Obi Wan series because Qui Gon might show up in that too. So, oh my God, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I pose can I pose a question about this song? Okay. Let let let's take Star Wars Machete Order, right? Let's say let, let's say you take out episode 1 entirely and you replace it with The Saga Begins. Okay? <laughs> so you watch you watch Star Wars, you watch Empire Strikes Back, and then you listen to the saga begins. <laughs> <laughs> and then you watch Attack of the Clones. What do you miss? Do you miss anything from just listening to this song in place of watching The Phantom Menace? So, like we said, it gets the major points of this movie and the plot. It gets the plot down exactly pretty much what you need from the plot. There's one small thing that we've already talked about, but for specifically for the Phantom Menace, it's kind of smaller, but then for the saga, it's obviously a lot lot bigger, but yes, like you said, it mentions Maul once, but it doesn't mention Palpatine, which Palpatine had a big role in the Phantom Menace. Um, but Sidious, his alter ego, whatever you want to call it, didn't, he was only in a couple scenes, but you know, he's pulling the strings but you don't really know exactly how far he's pulling the strings. So this gets most of it. I mean, they went, they found this boy, they came back, they saved the day. Anakin saves the day. Qui-Gon dies. Obi-Wan's going to train Anakin. You get the light side, the hero's version of this story down. You get everything you need. The only thing other than, than Sidious that stood out was, uh, there's no mention of droidicas, and I really like the droidicas at the very beginning. But that this is, is about this is it. Because it, it, I mean, it does talk, I think, about the Trade Federation. Yeah, it says, it talks about the Federation. Um, so we know that, that they're the bad guys as well. But yeah, other than, other than, you know, Sidious's small part and like pulling the strings behind the scenes, I think this covers everything. Yeah, but that's a, but like, that's a big, it's a big part. You know, and it's a big, yeah. It, but I think if you're if you're crunched for time and you need to cut a movie <laughs> from your marathon, like <laughs> you know what, you can take you can take two hours and cut it down to five minutes. And <laughs> so, here's what you need: is you need this song cut with the Sidious scenes in between. So it stops like a minute and a half into the song, and it gives you each Sidious. Scene. There you go. There and you go. Perfect. There it is. So that's that's the Phantom Menace in probably under ten minutes, right there. Just you just cut it cut it into there, and and you're good to go. There you go. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> Done.
All right. Well, I think that I think that wraps up both songs. We've talked about Yoda. We talked about the saga begins. Uh, we talked about in white and nerdy. There's a bootleg version of of the holiday special. It's just just so good. It makes me happy that it's in that music video. But looking at the future of Weird Al and Star Wars, so he's done a couple interviews, and he's of course been asked, you know, especially when Force Awakens was coming out are you going to do a new Star Wars song? Because he's so known for that now. You know, it's such a big part of his shows. And he's basically said he does not plan on doing another Star Wars song because they've become such a big part of his show that if he adds a third one in, then it just kind of becomes the Star Wars show, which I would be fine with. And I would love to hear his take on The Force Awakens. But I do get that on his part too, that like he's got all these other great songs that if he would do a a song about the force awakens right now, like that would be probably at the top of his, of his list, like automatically just because it's star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like, you know, he, he certainly has feelings about the prequels. Um, And so it's almost appropriate. It almost feels appropriate that he made the, he did the saga begins and then didn't really reference star Wars in his like kind of in the, he didn't reference uh, episode two or episode three directly, directly. We did talk about his indirect references to episode two, yeah. but he does, he didn't directly reference episode two or three. So, you know, I think uh, in the interview you're talking about, like he does mention really liking the force awakens. So, uh, you know, that, maybe it feels like a possibility, but it, but I think it also speaks to like, I think it speaks to the timeliness. I think it speaks to kind of how kind of the degree to which probably since force awakens, like star Wars has probably kind of gotten passed by Marvel in, in some ways of, of being like the thing of the moment. So I, I almost feel like his super nerdy thing would probably be like some sort of ode to Tony Stark or something um, rather, rather than another star Wars song. And I think it would work even though I referenced a a Spider-Man song that missed the mark. Um, Yeah. But I, but I kind of think that I I do think a third star Wars maybe a third star Wars song would be too much, but I also feel like there are other ways for him to kind of work in his his love for Star Wars and to be a part of the universe that that isn't necessarily, you know, writing a, another song. Yeah, no, definitely. And the way that it has become like such a staple for him and, you know, at his shows, he'll bring out the local 501st and the Stormtroopers and R2-D2 and Darth Vader and Chewbacca and like bring them out all out on stage to end his shows is is already like so much for, you know, for it to not just be like a star Wars show that if it was, you know, back to back to back, but selfishly, I would love to have more weird Al. There is one thing that we could get from weird Al in the near future. And you brought this up when we were talking uh, offline earlier. Yeah. You know, weird Al was in detours, you know, and, (laughs) and he was in the leaked detours scene that, that leaked late last year, uh, at Dex's diner. He was, uh, I believe he was Forlom in the sketch. Uh, he was either Forlom or Zuckus in the sketch and Andy Richter was the other one. Um, and I have 
no reason to believe he didn't do other voices, you know? So I think that is definitely a way for him to get back into the universe. And I also think that, you know, Star Wars, uh, the animation department has been pretty, you know, has been pretty open about like bringing in fans to be like celebrity fans, actor fans to be uh, a voice in the universe. So uh, I think of, you know, all the different characters that got, that got kind of like celebrity fan voices in uh, particularly in resistance. And, you know, I, I feel like that is also a very natural way for weird Al to, to get back into the, get back into the star Wars universe. And I think in terms of kind of weird Al's interaction with star Wars fans directly, like this is me, this is me crossing my fingers for weird Al at celebration 2022. Uh. Uh, that would be great. It's not far from from where Weird Al lives, so make an appearance, Weird Al. Come on, I'm speaking it, speaking it into existence here, Weird Al at Celebration 22. We know you're listening, Weird Al, to <laughs> <laughs> to Force Time, so please show up at Celebration. That would be something. I I think you know they're talking about putting detours out on Disney Plus. That's a that's a rumor right now, and. The leaked sketch, whatever I watched, I don't even remember now, but I remember watching it and I was like, no way this is real. Like, this isn't a thing. This is so weird. But, you know, they just put out the Ewok movies, which the Ewok movies, I've only seen the first one, walked through it with uh, the Blast Point Super Chill group a couple weeks ago. Bizarre, for sure. But not like (laughs) That's one way to it. (laughs) Yeah. But not like... And it was weird and it was like off the rails, but it wasn't like holiday special, like weird, but the Ewok cartoons are Star Wars has put the Ewok cartoons on Disney plus. So I will not be surprised if detours ends up on there too, because Ewoks, the cartoon is just so out there. And it's, it's, it's like when I went to watch it, I was like, okay, this is going to have something to do with Star Wars. You know, it's a Star Wars show literally like nothing at all to do with star wars <laughs> it's 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 in the name it's ewoks they're ewoks that's wicked sure whatever Th- nothing to do with star wars it was the most bizarre thing i've made it through two episodes so far and i'm like i don't know if i can do anymore so i won't be surprised if detours and weird al end up on disney plus later this year yeah i i think the difference is that i probably could i think i could make it through detours like, I, I don't know how far I can make it through Detours, but I think I could get further through Detours than through the Ewok collection, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. At least there are Star Wars characters in Detours, and yeah. in the Ewoks cartoon, it just, it's bizarre. It has nothing to do with Star Wars. I, I know Blast Point said in the second season or uh, something like that, that the Empire finally shows up. It's like, oh, this is Star Wars. Okay, I remember that. But it, it takes you way too long to get there. So yeah, we'll see. I'll be crossing my fingers, um, at least for the Weird Al episode of Detours and, and definitely for Weird Al at Celebration next year. Make it happen. Make it happen, Weird Al. We know you're out there. So I think that is going to wrap it up for Star Wars and Pop Culture third episode, Weird Al and Star Wars. And this was so fun. I'm really glad you brought this topic to my attention because I 
I bet eventually I would have had someone else say something or I would have thought like, oh, this is such an easy, like, this is exactly what this series is about, Star Wars and pop culture. So appreciate you uh, bringing that up and and having the conversation because, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm glad I dug back into these songs and, and really looked at them and analyzed them a little more. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was outstanding. I love Weird Al. I love Star Wars. I love Force Time. This was perfect. <laughs> Good times for sure. Uh, Brandon, can you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, sure. You can find me on Twitter at Blee Internets, uh, also on Instagram. Also, you can check out my Instagram hat account <laughs> at Blee Brims. Uh, that's what we talked about at a previous, ep- a previous episode. Uh, check out the previous episodes where I was on Force Time. Uh, you can also check me in the uh, Blast Point Super Chill group and in the Star Wars Minute Listener Society. Awesome. I'll put that all in the show notes as well. Brandon, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Had a blast. You can find the show on Twitter at Force Time Pod, on Instagram at Force Time Pod. You can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, may the Force be with you.